We're glad you've joined us on Songs of Praise, an hour of musical reflection to encourage your heart.
and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't have a lot of riches, and sometimes the going's rough, but I've got a friend in Jesus, and that makes me rich enough.
Cause my cup has overflowed Yes, I thank God for all His blessings My cup has overflowed There's a day that our God said remember God did not change a Sabbath. This truth in the Bible is plain. And the Sabbath seals all God's ten precepts. His law and His love never change.
Hope you're enjoying Songs of Praise. Here's some more inspirational music.
I found grace to save my soul. At the cross, grace made me whole. When my Savior took control and washed my sin away, now the fellowship is sweet. As I worship at His feet, only by His grace I have found this holy place underneath His wings of love, trusting in my God above. Grace for every need, grace that overflows and far exceeds, lavished on my soul at Calvary, only by His grace. Every valley I have known, such compassion I've been shown, giving strength that's not my own, it's only by His grace. Every burden that I bear. Jesus comes and meets me there. Only by His grace, I have found this holy place. Underneath His wings of On my soul at Calvary, 
into the celestial city of Jehovah. And in perfect harmony, they will begin humming a new song, a song composed by God, arranged for His children. And as the saved by grace approach the land of their dreams, the hosts of heaven will step aside. Even the angels will be silent, for they cannot sing this new song. For it is a song reserved for those who once cried out for the Redeemer, those washed in the blood of the Lamb, Yes, these are the redeemed. set me free. Jesus loosed the chains of sin and set me free. 
Songs of Praise continues with more inspirational music.
the glory that's awaiting over on the other side. We'll be walking down the streets made of purest gold in a land where we'll never grow old. Oh, what peace and joy there'll be where we'll ever abide. It makes me want to go to a land that's flowing with harmony. All the saints who have gone before It makes me want to join and sing with a happy angel band. It makes me want to hear him say, well done, welcome home, your race is run. We'll sing his praise while the ages roll. It makes me want to go. God's children have been longing for the day when the Savior will call his bride away. There will be shouting and joyful praise on the heavenly shore. We will live in sweetest harmony ever known as we gather all around the throne. Glad hosannas there will ring at the feet of our Lord. It makes me want to go to a land that's flowing with it makes me want to join and sing with a happy angel band. It makes me want to hear him say, well done, welcome home, your race is run. We'll sing his praise while the ages roll. It makes me want to go. It makes me want to go. To a land that's flowing with makes me want to see. All the saints who have gone before It makes me want to join and sing with a happy angel band. It makes me want to hear him say, well done, welcome home, your race is run. We'll sing his praise while the ages roll. It makes me want to go. It makes me want to hear him say, well done, welcome home, your race is run. We'll sing his praise while the ages roll. It makes me want to go. We'll sing his praise while the ages roll. It makes me want to go.
You're listening to Songs of Praise. It's our desire to encourage and uplift your thoughts to our loving Creator God. Keep 
Take me till thy blessed face I see. Hide me, O blessed rock of ages. Hide me till thy blessed face I see. Blessed rock of ages, hide thou me. Keep me when the storm clouds gather. Storm clouds gather. Keep me till the sun comes shining through. Comes shining through the shadow. Keep me till my work is over. Me till I bid this world adieu. Hide me, O blessed rock of ages. Hide me till thy blessed face I see. I see in glory when the storm around me rages. Blessed rock of ages, hide down me. When my journey is completed, is completed, Savior, and there's no more work to do, no work to do. Oh, blessed Savior, guide my weary spirit. To that happy land beyond the blue Hide me, O blessed rock of ages Hide me till thy blessed face I see In glory when the storm around me rages Blessed rock of ages, hide down me.
Join us again next time on Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio, to enjoy more uplifting music. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie, and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing chapter 36, Danger in Speculative Knowledge. Who is like unto the Lord our God? Who dwells on high? Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? The Lord has his own way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honour of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is everlasting, and thy dominion endureth through all generations. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh Bless his holy name for ever and ever.
Job 13.11, Job 22 verse 12, and chapter 25 verse 3, Job 37 verses 5 to 24. Then Psalms 113.5 and 6, and Nahum chapter 1 verse 3, and then Psalms 145 verses 3 to 21. As we learn more and more of what God is and what we ourselves are in his sight, we shall fear and tremble before him. Let men of today take warning for the fate of those who in ancient times presumed to make free with that which God has declared sacred. When the Israelites ventured to open the ark on its return from the land of the Philistines, Their irreverent daring was signally punished. Again consider the judgment that fell upon Uzzah. And in David's reign the ark was being carried to Jerusalem. Uzzah put forth his hand to keep it steady. For presuming to touch the symbol of God's presence, he was smitten with instant death. At the burning bush, when Moses not recognizing God's presence, turned aside to behold the wonderful sight, the command was given, Draw not closer, put off your shoes from off your feet, for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Exodus 3 verses 5 and 6. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and made a pillow of them, and then lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To you will I give it, and to your seed. And behold, I am with you, and will keep you in all places whither you goest, and will bring you again into this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Genesis 28, 10-17 In the sanctuary of the wilderness tabernacle, and of the temple that were the earthly symbols of God's dwelling place, one apartment was sacred to his presence. The veil inwrought with cherubims at its entrance was not to be lifted by any hand save one. To lift that veil and intrude unbidden into the sacred mystery of the most holy place was death. For above the mercy seat dwelt the glory of the holiest, glory upon which no man might look and live. On the one day of the year appointed for ministry in the most holy place, the high priest with trembling entered God's presence, while clouds of incense veiled the glory from his sight. Throughout the courts of the temple, 
every sound was hushed. No priests ministered at the altars. The host of worshippers bowed in silent awe, offered their petitions for God's mercy. These things happened to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. 1 Corinthians 10.11 The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He sits between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold his eyelids try the children of men. For the height of his sanctuary he hath looked down from the place of his habitation. He looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike. He considered all their works. Let all the earth fear the Lord and let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe before him. Habakkuk 2.20 and Psalms 99 verses 1 to 3 and Psalms 11 verse 4, Psalms 102 verse 19 and chapter 33 verse 14 and 15 and verse 8. Man cannot by searching find out God. Let none seek with presumptuous hand to lift the veil that conceals his glory. Unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out. Romans 11.33 It is a proof of his mercy that there is the hiding of his power, for to lift the veil that conceals the divine presence is death. No mortal mind can penetrate the secrecy in which the Mighty One dwells and works. Only that which he sees fit to reveal can we comprehend of him. Reason must acknowledge an authority superior to itself. Heart and intellect must bow to the great I Am. End of chapter 36 Chapter 37 The False and the True in Education the mastermind in the confederacy of evil is ever working to keep out of sight the words of God and to bring into view the opinions of men. He means that we shall not hear the voice of God saying, This is the way, walk you in it. Isaiah 30 verse 21 Through perverted educational processes, he is doing his utmost to obscure heaven's light. Philosophical speculation and scientific research in which God is not acknowledged are making sceptics of thousands. In the schools of today, the conclusions that learned men have reached as the result of their scientific investigations are carefully taught and fully explained. While the impression is distinctly given that if these learned men are correct, the Bible cannot be. Skepticism is attractive to the human mind. The youth see it in an independence that captivates the imagination and they are deceived. Satan triumphs. 
He nourishes every seed of doubt that is sown in young hearts. He causes it to grow and bear fruit, and soon a plentiful harvest of infidelity is reaped. It is because the human heart is inclined to evil that it is so dangerous to sow the seeds of skepticism in young minds. Whatever weakens faith in God robs the soul of power to resist temptation. It removes the only real safeguard against sin. We are in need of schools where the youth shall be taught that greatness consists in honoring God by revealing His character in daily life. Through His Word and His works, we need to learn of God that our lives may fulfill His purpose. Subheading Infidel Authors In order to obtain an education, many think it is essential to study the writings of infidel authors because these works contain many bright gems of thought. But who was the originator of these gems of thought? It was God and God only. He is the source of all light. Why then should we wade through the mass of error contained in the works of infidels for the sake of a few intellectual truths when all truth is at our command? How is it that men who are at war with the government of God come into possession of the wisdom which they sometimes display? Satan himself was educated in the heavenly courts and he has a knowledge of good as well as of evil. He mingles the precious with the vile and this is what gives him power to deceive. But because Satan has robed himself in garments of heavenly brightness, shall we receive him as an angel of light? The tempter has his agents educated according to his methods, inspired by his spirit and adapted to his work. Shall we cooperate with them? Shall we receive the works of his agents as essential to the acquirement of an education? If the time and effort spent in seeking to grasp the bright ideas of infidels were given to studying the precious things of the Word of God, thousands who now sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, would be rejoicing in the glory of light of life. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing. Here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. We hope you enjoy the short presentation of how God led His people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. The call had come from overseas, please send someone. The church was expanding from its North American roots to further afield. The plea had come from Europe, and the church leaders in the United States had discussed it several times. The need was there, and finally, in 1874, the church voted to send J.N. Andrews as the first official missionary of the church. Despite his wife dying just two years previous, he remained undeterred and set sail with his two young children for Europe. The brethren in Europe had been told that they're about to receive the most ablest man in our ranks. 
What qualified him to be the ablest man in our ranks? At the age of 25, he wrote a paper that was presented at the general conference session that persuaded the church to keep the Sabbath from sunset to sunset. He wrote the book, The History of the Sabbath, at the age of 29. He was elected general conference president at the age of 38. He said he could recite the New Testament by memory and much of the Old Testament, and he secured non-combatant status for Adventists in the Civil War. When as General Conference President, he hosted the first Adventist camp meeting in Wright, Michigan, he would often go out at night and check on the tents to make sure everyone was okay. He was much loved, well-respected, and was sent abroad with the church's blessings. Initially docking in Liverpool, England, before making his way across France to Switzerland. Arriving in Switzerland, the task ahead of him was huge. Although he was not a pioneer missionary, as some work had already taken place before him, there was little structure to work with. There were no printing presses, no publishing houses, and no organized conferences. Jay and Andrew set about the work with an intensity that he was known for. Jay and Andrews and his children quickly learned the French language, making a family covenant that they would not speak anything to each other in the home except French, although German was acceptable at times. His daughter Mary quickly became fluent in the language and became the proofreader for the new magazine entitled Les Signes du Temps. Jay and Andrews wrote over 400 articles for this magazine during the seven-year period that he was in Europe, a remarkable amount considering that he also contracted pneumonia after being there just three years. When the doctor came to visit him, he asked him why he was starving himself because he looked to be in such bad health. Not wanting to overspend, they lived mainly on white bread, graham pudding, potatoes, and sometimes cabbage with very little fruit, milk, or butter. He was counseled to marry again, and it's likely this would have preserved his life as it could have led to him taking better care of himself, but he said he could not. He was particularly heartbroken after the death of his daughter, and when he returned to Europe, he was completely bedridden by 1883 with tuberculosis. The church was concerned, and they sent Jay and Loughborough from England to do an anointing service. And his mother also visited him in his final months, but unfortunately, he still died young. He charged that no eulogy should appear in the Review and Herald. And while Uriah Smith wanted to publish one, he complied with this request. He was a pioneer a dedicated worker and one of the most intelligent and hard-working ministers in the history of our church. Whilst he received no eulogy after his death, his legacy lived on in far more significant ways. What kind of legacy are you building in your life? If nothing was said publicly or in written form after your death, would the fruit of your life lead to positive change in the life of other people? May we make a commitment to leave such a legacy behind. To view more episodes in the series, visit lineagejourney.com.